0: nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800 693 Four eight zero zero, or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today, Michael F. Harris, President of the Board of the Michigan Paralyzed Veterans of America. Welcome to Veterans Radio again, Michael.
1: Well, thank you, Jim, for having me on, and uh, just want to thank you guys for having this uh I, what is it, a weekly program?
0: It is weekly, and it's been going on for 19 years. So by, uh, uh, by hook uh, and by crook, uh, Del Throneberry and I find somebody to talk to every week and uh, get the word out.
1: No, that's important that uh, uh, veteran issues, uh, you know, unless you have programs like this, sometimes they tend to be on the back burner, so it's important that programs like this exist.
0: Well, you you can appreciate it. You were in the Marine Corps in uh, 1975 to 1979. You got out, uh, and uh, unfortunately, you uh, about, uh, oh, what is that, about seven years later or so, had a uh, vehicle accident that left you paralyzed and uh, that changed the course of your life certainly just as the marine corps did and you now find yourself uh involved with the michigan uh, pva for how many years is it now uh, mike
1: yeah, started in uh january of 96 it's hard to believe it's uh 22 years now. No, no longer than that. Uh, <laughs> it is longer than that. <laughs> 20-some year, five maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, they, uh, you've uh, been intimately involved with keeping uh, PVA rolling forward, both uh, at times as its executive director, a lot of time spent as its government relations director, and now as president of its board. So we wanted to get you on to talk a little bit Let's, let's start it with the basics for folks who don't know. Can you explain, Mike, what the mission of uh, Michigan PVA is?
1: Yeah, really, the, the mission, the mission uh, is to enhance the uh, quality of life of veterans with spinal cord injury and or disease such as MS or ALS, as well as all citizens with disabilities by uh, advocating for civil rights, ensuring uh, quality of health care, supporting continued recreation, research, education, and healthy living.
0: And it's been doing that uh, since I think it's 1961 as a 501c3 charitable organization. And I know because you and I have a long relationship and you and the general have a long relationship, you've had a lot of successes over time and taken on some big challenges. Um, One of the things that uh, I guess I wanted to get across to people here is that uh, Michigan PVA has really opened up to be available to enhance the lives of all folks, certainly not just veterans with spinal cord injuries, but any citizen in the state with such a disability. And and you guys work on that regularly, don't you?
1: Yeah, really. uh, Yeah, I always try to remind people that what benefits our members, because our members all... uh, depended on uh, wheelchair for mobility purposes. And uh, and so what benefits us benefits all citizens uh, in Michigan uh, uh, also. So we try to get that point across that it's a win-win for everyone involved. And, uh, you know, when you look at the history of PVA, we were founded after World War II where 2,500 veterans uh, came back uh, with spinal cord injury. And back then, the VA or the way the government dealt with the uh, veteran with spinal cord injury was to place them in a uh, VA nursing home facility, even if they were married uh, with a family. And so uh, PVA uh, met in Chicago uh, in the summer of 1946 and their goal was to get a housing grant so they could make their home accessible so they could live in the community. It took about two or three years of advocating for this and uh, they finally worked successful. Where uh, President Truman signed legislation authorizing a housing grant, and as they say, the rest is history uh, in terms of our advocacy uh, and uh, our, and what we've done. Not only for, as I said, paralyzed vets, but really for the dis- disab- uh, disability community as a whole. Uh, when I look back at our uh, our advocacy efforts uh, over the years. Uh, Uh, I don't think, uh, I think that's really what separates us from the other veteran service organizations is because of our advocacy. We put it on, it's really outside making sure our members get the benefits they're entitled to, uh, through the VA. That's really our number one, uh, issue as a chapter. Uh, some of our accomplishments, uh, just since I've been there in 96 was, uh, we, uh, assisted the architects during the design phase of, uh, Comerica Ballpark, Ford Field, Little Caesars Arena, to make sure that uh, the stadiums were designed and built in compliance with uh, barrier-free design guidelines. We worked with uh, Detroit uh, Riverwalk Conservancy to ensure that the, the Detroit Riverwalk uh, was built in compliance with accessibility guidelines. And uh, it's amazing, you know, when you look at the facility when it was started, probably about uh, 15 years ago, and where they're at now with it. It's really uh, turned out to be a jewel for uh for the riverfront for the city of detroit and it's something that we all should take pride in uh we assisted the uh, uh architects when the cobo hall was renovated uh uh and and uh and also we uh, unfortunately we've had to file lawsuits in federal court because there was a disagreement on accessibility requirements uh the one that the ones that come to mind for me is the uh, against the University of Michigan when we filed in 2006, uh, actually Richard Bernstein, who now is a Michigan's Supreme Court justice represented us in that lawsuit. And our issue was the number of wheelchair seating that they were going to put in at the time. They were only going to put in seven and the law requires really 1% at the time, which would have been a thousand. So we, uh, took them to federal court. Uh, We mediated a settlement where they ended up having to put in 350 seats uh, and also companion seating to go with that. It gave you different viewing experiences throughout the stadium. And really the whole stadium is accessible for for disability groups uh, if they're blind or hearing impaired. So really the final outcome was uh, really a very successful outcome. And I think it was a win for the university when they look back at it. Uh, Because I I know when I talked to students at the time who were disabled and in wheelchairs, they couldn't even sit with the student body because there was no wheelchair access in the locations that they sit in. So that was, and the other big thing we've done uh, that uh, we take pride in is we filed lawsuits against city Detroit, Ann Arbor and other uh, municipalities over curb cuts. Those are what you see on street corners and allows people to cross the street uh, without having to encounter curbs and they were being uh, installed incorrectly. Uh, and so uh, we were able, for for example, to get the city of Detroit, they ended up having to redo 80,000 of their curb cuts that they had already installed. Uh, and Arbor, the same thing. And our our goal was not only to correct the fact that they were installing them incorrectly, but it was to educate other communities going forward that they had a responsibility that when they installed these, that they had to do so according to federal and state accessibility guidelines and uh, we were uh successful in doing that because when I looked at construction projects that have taken place since I find in the majority of cases the curb curb ramps have, have all been in, uh, installed uh, correctly and uh so now we uh so that's just a few examples i could go on and on of what we have done over the years to, to uh enhance uh, outcomes where our members don't have to encounter architectural barriers when accessing the communities that they live in.
0: No, that's a good and wide-ranging examples of kind of what uh, Michigan PVA has done in the state in terms of advocacy and education. And you're right, once once you sue one kind of group or help one kind of group, Others uh, kind of go, well, you know, we can do that, too. If they're doing it, we can do that r- the right way as well. But I want to back up to something that you mentioned and help our listeners understand. And we're talking to Michael Harris, uh, president of the Michigan PVA. You mentioned the national PVA, which started about 75 years ago now. I think it's celebrating its uh, 75th yes, anniversary. Yes,
1: last year celebrated 75 years.
0: And, and the Michigan has a chapter mpva is a chapter is that how it works tell us the relationship between the two
1: yeah there's 34 chapters throughout the country we work in partnership with the national office the national office usually will take the lead on uh policy uh that uh you know at the federal level uh we will take the lead on policy here that uh originates from the state of michigan like uh uh, and so that has uh, always been a great par- partnership. They have a lot of resources that helps the chapters uh, be able to advocate, you know, to advocate uh, in the communities that they represent or in the states they represent. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a great partnership. And uh, one really, when I look at PVA, uh, there, there are so many great things that we have done over the years that really no one knows about. We played a critical role in the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the Air Carrier Access Act, which is a civil rights law for people that fly by airplane, uh, fair housing law, uh, the Rehab Act of 73, it it goes on and on. And we are, if we have one fault, we're not very good at promoting ourselves, uh, you know, because we're we're more about outcomes instead of, you know, getting a pat on the back. But sometimes we need to let people know what we do because we are dependent on public support for our existence. Uh, we don't get federal funding or anything like that. And and, and so we, if there's one fault, we, we don't do a good enough job of uh, letting people know the great things that we have done over the years.
0: Well, that's why we've got you on Veterans Radio, Michael. And, and uh, I wanted folks to understand, they may see TV ads for PVA.org which is the national uh, organization, but they really should go to michiganpva.org to see what the chapter here in Michigan is doing and what Mike's Mike's talking about. And if you want to support them, you can go to michiganpva.org, and and, uh, there's a donation button there, and you can help them out. So don't don't necessarily send it to national. Send it local so that... uh, uh, mike and his board can continue their good work let's talk about some more of the programming that you do we've we've talked advocacy um but but there's much more about what the chapter does than just advocacy and litigation can you tell us about some of the other programs
1: yeah basically our uh, sports program is really a key component uh you know, sports. Uh, we're we're the ones that really started wheelchair sports back in the '50s, and uh, it's really prevalent uh, today. I know every year we, uh, the PVA, along with the VA, host the the, the national wheelchair games, uh, uh, and about 800 participants uh, people participate in that each year. Uh, uh, and, and, and the beauty of uh, of, will, of sports, wheelchair sports, it lets people know after a disability because when you're disabled the world as you know it changes in a drastic instant and uh, people just think that life as they knew it is over but through, through sports and other types of activities it lets you know that you can live life with a disability. And uh, you can live a very successful life. Uh, you just have to define success maybe differently. But uh, we have found through sports that our members claim their identity again. And uh, and so we're very proactive when we support uh, sporting events. Uh, we, we support the, the Detroit Free Press Marathon every year, which is the hand cycle division. Uh, usually when we started uh, 10 years ago, only about 25 people were participating. In that that's up to 50 people now and half those participants are veterans that were injured either in iraq or afghanistan so we take pride in that fact uh, in fact a couple years ago a guy did the 26 mile course in a, m- one hour and five minutes that just blows my mind <laughs>
0: wow,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just incredible how elite these athletes are and uh you know we uh uh we we also uh if I could give a little plug, we're putting on an event in June, on June 24th, at the Motor City uh, Casino. Uh, it's called Athletes with Disabilities Hall of Fame. And we're partnering with, uh, Mich- with Rem Rehab Institute of Michigan. And uh, what we do is recognize uh, elite disabled athletes that have excelled over the years uh, and 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 uh, and so that will be taking place. And proceeds generated from the, from that event will go back to support uh, not only our national veteran wheelchair games. It will uh, support our efforts with the Free Press Marathon. We it will support uh, Michigan Wheeling Team 457, which is really PVA members created this uh, this. Uh, uh, team wheel Wheeling Team 457. It uh, supports RIMs of so, uh, Detroit Wheelchair Pistons, which is a wheelchair basketball team, to attend events around the country. Also, their sports ability program, and also the, we sponsor the Thunder in the Valley, which is a Olympic style tournament uh, that's hosted each year up at Upper Saginaw Valley College. And uh, so, it uh, so sports is really really important to our organization. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we have a loan closet that people can call in and and tap. Uh, you know, what we ask is that anyone listening, if you have uh, durable medical equipment like wheelchairs, uh, uh, shower benches, or whatever, and they're still in good working condition to let us know, and then you can bring them to us, and uh, we will give them out to people who, for whatever reasons, uh, insurance doesn't cover that type of uh uh, medical equipment and we will give that to them for free so yeah that's we, uh,
0: that's a really important that loan closet i know i've sent folks there, As i know our families used it as mike knows i have a a niece who uh is now in a wheelchair and we were just talking about it off here it's been over 15 years now that uh, uh since he first got introduced to her um and, and she has also found a lot of value and i think this i want to back up to this for a moment and i'll come back to the loan closet but adaptive sports is we've talked about the power of sports for veterans uh post-discharge as to help them not only physically stay you know in better shape but mentally so getting out and being competitive again whether it's adaptive skiing or hunting fishing bowling you mentioned basketball and marathon uh all of that's really important for your your psyche isn't it uh, mike
1: yeah 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 i remember when my injury happened in 86 one of the first things that you had to overcome is the psychological issues that and everyone responds differently you know like it took me probably a month or so until i was you know i realized that life goes on and that i you know i had to you know look at the world with the glass being half full instead of half empty and uh but everyone responds differently to that and uh and so sports is an important vehicle to, to allow people to realize that there is life after disability. And uh, as you said, the adaptive sports are really taking off really in the last 15 or 20 years.
0: In, in the loan closet, I want to emphasize this again because it is a um, really tremendous from the heart program and feature that uh, Michigan PVA has um, where you know so, sometimes you need uh, that uh, substitute wheelchair or shower chair or what have you for a period of time while something else is coming in or a bed or what you know there, there's life is just a little bit harder logistically when when you have a spinal cord injury so being able to call up and say hey I got you know something broke I need this till I get this other thing fixed and being able to get a loan out of the PVA, uh, Durable Medical Equipment Loan Closet, r- really takes a lot of stress off. I don't, I don't know if you keep statistics on how many f- people you help in that regards in a year, but I, I know for everyone who uses it, it's a huge relief.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing that, uh, you know, the crazy thing about disability is that, you know, people live their lives, you know, and then once they become disability, they have to, try to learn how to navigate a, a different world that existed prior to their disability. And they don't really know where to start, what's out there. One of the big issues we have, for example, is homes were not built with wheelchairs in mind. And so they need a ramp getting in and out of their home. Just their home. And, and insurances don't cover the cost of a ramp. They might cover the wheelchair cost, but the ramp, as I always said, the wheelchair doesn't do any good for a, person if they can't get in and out of their home. So we always work to assist them in trying to come up with funding to offset the cost of building uh, a, a ramp. Uh, there's a lot of programs out there at the state level that will uh, uh, also assist. And so we work in conjunction with newly injured uh, uh, people and, and they don't have to be veterans. We work a lot of times with uh, people who aren't veterans uh, and and try to, you know, just to introduce them to the resources that are available.
0: Well, you've, you've got a program called Peer Support Services, and I think that's what you're touching on a little bit, is, is sometimes you just need to ask somebody who's knowledgeable on the phone to get an answer to go in the right direction. Now, I think Peer Support Services is more than that, but I do think uh, one of the values I've always seen, and I recommend people call you all the time that uh, have these questions, hey, you talk to somebody at Michigan PVA, uh, I'm sure they've solved this problem before, or they can point you in the direction of the person who can. And being that sort of central hub of networker is, it seems to me is an important role for Michigan PVA. Mike, is that what part of what you guys see happening?
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, your wife turned me on to a veteran <laughs> uh, out in Florida just a couple weeks ago uh, because he was denied uh, what he tried to enroll in the VA. They denied him uh you know, uh, you know, the benefits that he should have been entitled to. So what we did was uh, I gave him a call, introduced him to our chapter down in Florida. Uh, and I in fact, I need to call him back just to see how that went. Uh, uh, but uh, he should he should be a category four veteran like myself because my injury was non-service related, but 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 because I have a catastrophic injury, I'm a Category 4 veteran, and he should have the same designation. And so we're uh, trying to get him uh, enrolled uh, down there. And I, I think he'll definitely be uh, enrolled. I, I don't see reason why he wouldn't be. Uh, but uh, the mentoring, as you brought up, was a key element for me in 86 when I was injured. I was part of the first peer mentoring program that the Ann Ann Arbor Center for Independent Living started. And I really found it as useful as uh, the rehab itself because I was able to talk to people who had been maybe spinal cord injured for 10 or 15 years. And I was able to pick their brain and, and find out from them that, you know, and it just reassured me that there's life after disability. I, you know, when I was laying in bed you know, when I was first injured, you're always creating these scenarios that never come into play. Like, how am I going to get gas? How am I going to go shopping? You know, all these things that, you know, you think about. And then as you talk with people that have been through it, they, they reassure you that, you know, the, that you're able to live a very productive life once you're discharged from the hospital. So peer mentoring uh, program, we, we continue with Rehab Institute of Michigan. We partnered with them for about uh, about seven years now, and uh, we support their program because of the benefit that it has for the patients who uh, are newly
0: injured. So let me uh, back you up. That's that's great to know, and I think it highlights it, but I'd be remiss, and I'd probably get in trouble if I didn't bring this up. Uh, We were talking about sports, but we're not just talking like uh, sort of competitive sports. Uh, MPVA has, has uh, generated uh, para Olympians and world class athletes. Um, you want to brag on that, Any?
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, <laughs> we actually have a board member who uh, has won the uh, silver medal uh, uh, a couple times. Uh, he didn't win anything in the games that took place. I believe they were what China or Japan. At least. Com- during the pandemic you know
0: yeah, used, yeah uh, over in China
1: yep. here held that but uh, he's won uh, a, pair, a bronze and two two silver in the chop and so he's a world-elite athlete and we've had PVA uh, uh members who have uh, participated in both the summer and the uh winter olympics over the years and and been very very successful
0: like I said, I didn't want to get in trouble for leaving Scott out of it, uh, so we better make sure that we uh, we acknowledge we got world class athletes here in the state of Michigan who are uh, actively involved with Michigan PVA. So yes, as we can, go, go ahead, Mike. You know,
1: there's one thing I could uh, just remind people of because uh, uh, my injury was auto related. I didn't know about the PIP coverage, personal injury protection, and that's really a goldmine for for anyone that doesn't understand it it because the cost of my injury over the years has been close to 2 million and that's all been covered by Michigan notebook. And as you know, there've been changes made to that, uh, in, in 2019 governor Whitmer signed legislation that made made major and radical changes in our opinion to the detriment of the program. And, uh, I just remind people, even though you have choices now, of the type of coverage you want, you need to get the full coverage. So if I could just, if you take anything out of this today, when you renew your insurance policy, auto insurance policy, you need to ask for full coverage for personal injury protection because you never know. Cause I never thought I would be in the position that I was in in 86. You know, we all think we're invincible, but, uh, I turned out I wasn't, but thank God for 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 uh, for for Michigan for Michigan no fault. Uh,
0: and this ties right into the advocacy work that Michigan PVA does here in the state, uh, uh, thinking about uh, those who are with spinal cord injuries and otherwise disabled, um, so that their voice gets heard. Uh, Michael Harris, president of the board of the Michigan PVA, if folks want to know more about the organization, where should they go and look?
1: Yeah, they can go to our website at uh, www.MichiganPVA.org, or they can uh, call our office at 248 uh, 476 and either Brenner Weider, our administrative assistant, or Jacqueline Coaches uh, will answer the phone at and if, they, if they're if they disabled, just remind people never spend, out, and I always tell people never spend out of pocket uh, until you've contacted our office because we can let you know if there's programs that might cover the issues that you're trying to get support
0: for. Great, great advice, Michael. Thanks for taking some time to talk to Veterans Radio today.
1: And by the way, one quick thing, I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> there's a CBOC opening up in Canton Township. Uh, It might be opening sometime this month in May. Just to make the people aware that live in the Canton Township area, that uh, it's it's really more for uh, outpatient-type care. It's not like the Ann Arbor Detroit Medical Center. But uh, that will be available to veterans uh, uh, hopefully soon.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a great resource. We are also waiting for... uh... Uh, that opening to be able to talk about it here on Veterans Radio. And as I said, Mike, thanks for spending some time with Veterans Radio today.
1: Well, thank you, and thanks for what you're doing.
0: And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in
1: handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again,
0: 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, nvbdc.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan, VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor, and the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. And the Veterans Lending Council, which advises lenders, realtors, buyers about VA Home Loan Program. And you can find them on Facebook. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time, you are